Headliner Radio, the creative voice. Hello and welcome to Headliner Radio, where we are delighted to be joined by James Walborn and Christopher Sonner of His Lordship, whose self-titled debut album is released on January 26th. In addition to their work together as His Lordship, uh, James and Chris are both part of the current lineup of The Pretenders. Uh, James as guitarist and songwriting partner with Chrissy Hind and Chris on drums. Uh, and between them, they have also worked with a huge array of incredible artists, including the likes of Ray Davies, The Pogues, Jerry Lee Lewis, Brett Anderson, Charlotte Church, Dave Garn, and a great many, many more. Um, James and Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you both and whereabouts are you joining us from? Well, thank you for having us, Dan. I'm I'm joining you from Kentish Town in North London. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm uh, I'm uh, Copenhagen, South Copenhagen. Oh, very nice. And <laughs> <laughs> and uh, how how is um at the time of recording this? We're uh, just under a week into the new year. Um, how have your Christmases and New Year's uh, breaks been so far? Have you uh, been kind of keeping quiet and sort of having a bit of downtime over this period, or have you been busy gearing up for the release of the the record? What's uh, what's been filling your diaries over the past couple of weeks? Uh, well, I've oh, gone no. underground. Personally, <laughs> I've gone underground. Uh, I've got nothing to report, and I've just <laughs> seen, <laughs> seen anybody. I've been yeah. to the football a couple of times. And that's about it for me. I'm ready to start again, though. I don't know about Chris. Pretty much the same, yeah. Trying to get get started now. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I could use another week. Yes, <laughs> couldn't we all? You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, it'd be great to um, to to kind of start by. I mean, obviously, we'll have a, a chat about the record. Um, and uh, you've recently been, you know, performing uh, live, you know, touring across the UK. Um, but before we get onto that itself, I'd, I'd I'd like if you could just tell us a little bit about how his lordship kind of came about, because obviously you two knew each other previously. You're working in the same spheres, you know, the same artists and stuff. Um, when did when was the decision made to to form this band and and write an album and, and kind of go full on with with this project? I mean, I think it was born out. It was born out of the ashes of an old band we had called Mother's Little Helper, which was, uh, we, we were, I, th- I think there was nothing going on. This was around about 2016 or something. I, I mean, I didn't have anything going on. This touring had stopped. I don't know. I just found myself in a place where I wasn't doing anything. Hmm. And I needed to play, you know. And so we started like a little sort of rock and roll band, just playing rock and roll covers so we could play up in the, um, my local pub, which was a pub called The Boogaloo, which is a great, pub in Highgate owned by Jerry O'Boyle who used to own Filthy McNasties great rock and roll pub you know yeah. there'd be Shane McGowan would be sitting there Pete Doherty comes in you know it's one of those sort of pubs yeah it's really good music so we sort of so we, we just got like me and Chris got together with a friend of ours and played um I just got some rock and roll covers going just to play and it, it ended up being really popular Okay. You know, so people, so loads of people would come and come and watch it and everything and and we really enjoyed it and, and in the end we but then we got bored of playing covers. Yeah. And thought oh, we can't just do this what's the point, you know. And so that that is really born out of that, I think. So, you know, the initial the you know, the initial thing was that we, we were going to go and write some songs and we did and it just it just went on from there. It was very natural, but it was born the initial thing was born out of boredom. 
okay. <laughs> you know, <laughs> boredom. And then, then after that, out of um, lockdown, you know, we had to yeah. just work out how to negotiate lockdown and uh, yeah. playing music. <laughs> so, so how did you do that? What was the, uh, you know, because obviously, like anyone who was trying to make music over the, the pandemic and, and lockdown has been a protracted experience for for everyone have you were you waiting for occasions on which you could be together in the same room to write and rehearse and play or were you doing things remotely how how did that work well i'm in copenhagen now i used to live in london Mm. but um so obviously with lockdown and unable to leave the country it was there was a lot of talking and sending stuff back and forth but that turned out quite a positive thing like because that's kind of how we ended up working is sending each other ideas and work like working on each other's each other's ideas <clears throat> but I, we would just wait i mean i was just waiting for it to open up so i could you know visit london again because i i lived there for 21 years and now i'm back in copenhagen and, mm. you know i love copenhagen but you know missed london yeah. as soon as it opened up it was like Four COVID tests to be allowed in, you know. Yeah. Third day, eighth day, or tenth day, or whatever it is, it was just mental. Yeah. But it was it was lovely to come back. Just we had quite a few ideas when I came back because we. I mean, it was the songwriting, wasn't it? The songwriting. It was kind of great over the lockdown to be able to work on the songs. Because there was nothing you didn't, you know, as we all know, you couldn't do anything. Mm. So it was like, so you could put everything into it and and come up with an idea how we want, wanted the band to be presented. You know, all this stuff that took a lot of time. We talked about it ad nauseum. I mean, good God, the the amount of phone calls we, you know, the phone yeah. bills were astronomically high <laughs> by the end of it, you know. But um, we uh, we came up with an idea of how we wanted to do it and how, you know, and and we just went for it, really. We, we recorded these songs as soon as we got the opportunity. So it's all very well writing like that, you know, over the sending ideas back and forwards and everything. But the essence of a rock and roll band is that you've got to be in a room together, you know, yeah. especially this band. We It only sounds like his lordship if we're both in the room playing, you know, it's all live and it's all off the cuff. And uh, But initially that 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 worked well for us, you know, is in write, in songwriting and 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 figuring out, how we would present it, which was, you know, suits and um, we wouldn't speak much. You know, we've only just broken our, you know, we, we were never going to speak in interviews or do anything. We were going to be like these sort of Laurel and Hardy characters yeah. and never say a word, but we realised that's really <laughs> flipping hard to do. <laughs> yeah. so, uh, so now we just, now you can't shut us up. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, it's, it's a really interesting story that, and I think I was going to come on to that, you know, the the idea of you actually being in the room together to make the mm. album because i've been listening to the album this past week and it very much sounds like a band playing in a room it has that kind of raw kind of big you know kind of punk rock garage rock sound to it and it feels live it's it feels like that that yeah. essence has really been captured in the yeah. recording uh, so i was going to ask you you know if, if you had done that remotely then fair play to you because you managed to really capture that sound but obviously it's oh, not the case no. um no, we couldn't do that. We yeah. realised that early on that the way that this band should sound is with all the mistakes in it and all the just, just you know, we, we're basically, you know, it's usually the first take we do is the best one. Yeah. You know, when we get it, it it's, and, and we try to 
when you say Chris, we try to keep to that sort of ethos of yeah, and also it's a uh, it's that thing about like when you're only two two of you in the room, there's actually a lot of space for for mistakes can happen actually, and it doesn't sound that bad, you know, yeah. if you were twenty four people in the room, one one mistake would fuck the whole thing up. Yeah, but it's easier to react to somehow, and we just found that in order to make it sound big, that's that's a way to do it really. Yeah. Just you know, play uh, less is more. slow up, yeah. uh, slow down, speed up. You know, as long as you do it together, it's great, really. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's it's, it's really um, a really exciting album to listen to. Um, you know, the the first the first song I. Uh, even the, the most recent one uh, that's, that's been released as a single, the, the first song that kind of I, I was introduced to was was Jackie Works for the NHS, which is just one of the, yeah. you know, already for me, like one of the contenders for single of the year because it's just brilliant. <laughs> um, I, know, I know it's only, what, what are we at the moment, 5th of January, something like that. So there's a long way to go. But um, it's just great. It, it's got a big kind of punk rock anthem feel to it. It feels exciting. It feels kind of, you know, it's like bristling. You know, it's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant... Um, Single. But you know, it was it was um yeah, I mean it's just gotta be a bit of fun as well. You know? Yeah. I think we both, you know, we've been in bands before where you can take your you know, it, 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 the whole that's the band, is is it's a fun band. Yeah. You know. And yeah. uh so I hope that comes across in the songs. Absolutely, you know that that was that was what struck me was just that kind of fun energy and excitement that that absolutely um, is is evident in the sound of the of the recordings. And um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the production process of it because I, I understand uh, was David Wrench involved in producing this record. He was, yes, he was. Can you tell us um, a little bit about did, his involvement and what he brought to we, it? Yeah, we did it in in like different batches. We we, we basically grew up in public in the sense that we we had we had how many songs do we have when we played our first gig four maybe four originals so we filled up with covers and then we we wrote some more and then you know slightly we're just playing originals now but but then we also when we had four four songs we went into the studio and recorded it mm-hmm. and it was by hook and by crook it was you know where can we get cheap studio time let's just we try we i mean this album we are not precious about we're just doing it you know it's one of them we just had to get it done just because coming out of covid it was so difficult everything was just difficult so we just did it we just got it done yeah amazing and david came along david um we had recorded we'd been working with him with um pretenders doing a record and he um and you know he's he's an amazing guy, an amazing uh, producer, engineer, mixer, whatever you want to call artist. him, artist. Yeah, uh, he's great, and we got along so well with him. And you know we have many things in common musically and everything. And we um, we got the nerve up to ask him if he would do, you know, perhaps yeah. record his lordship, really, because you know we we you know he's the part of our bait, you know. Yeah. We couldn't afford someone like David, but I mean, you know, he um, he um, he said he would record us. Uh, he recorded th- I don't know, three, four songs for us, you know, and we we're very grateful f- for that. And um, we did it all live in his studio in a, in a couple of days again, you know, yeah. um, and uh, 
what can I say about him really? He's he's kind of he's a, an in, he can sort of record anything or mix anything and make it sound. I mean, the the the, the array of artists he's rec- uh, mixed and everything from uh, name a few. Uh, Chris, my my um my flu well, adult Frank Ocean, uh, yeah, spiritualized, and then he does like he he goes to like where did he go? Uh, Nigeria and did this Morocco, yeah, Morocco. He did. He went and, and did this African high life guitarist legend you never heard of in yeah. <laughs> over here, but like insane, yeah, and amazing just, stuff. He's he's yeah. one of those people, isn't he? Who's every every great record you hear, you normally see his name somewhere on the line, and he always he's one of those people that just seems to pop up everywhere. Like I said, doesn't really matter genre, and like style, humble, whatever it's. And humble origin, you know, his beginnings were like, you know, he 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 was in this kind of famous studio up in in Wales, and he would he, he just gradually grew from that. You know, we learned about all these compressors and everything. I asked him, how the hell did you find out about you know all this equipment, compressors, and everything? Well, I just you know it, it, you know he just said I just I read the manuals. I yeah. thought, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, you makes sense. But you know, <laughs> but he worked his way. He 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 thought, well, I can't get anyone to mix this. He, he was he was he was an engineer at the time. I think this is the story. You'll have to ask him. But you know, and he couldn't get people when people mixed it. It just didn't sound right to him. So he, he just learned how to do it himself. Yeah, and you no, know, so he's got his own thing going on. But I find it amazing how many sort of different styles he can mix. You know, uh, stuff I just wouldn't have a clue how to even. Yeah approach it you know but he's he's got those magic ears yeah uh, absolutely um I, mean, I, I wanted to ask as well when did you two first meet when did you you know how, how long had you known each other before uh embarking on his lordship uh, we probably we met in 2014 didn't we yeah and it was uh, um ten chrissy years, it is 10 years yeah chrissy was doing a uh, chrissy hind was doing a uh solo album yeah and um, i didn't have any stockholm it was called and i didn't have anything to do with that i was the guitar player the pretenders and i didn't have anything to do with that record but she she got a sort of separate band and chris was the drummer in that and eventually they they were going she was going to go on tour in the the states and she called me in to do that tour with her so i joined this little band this group and chris was the drummer and um i and we just got along really very well there's lots of uh you know yeah we <laughs> you can't really say it on the podcast can you we got you know we, got, we, we were drinking a lot and everything but we, we you know we uh we got along very well and um we've been firm friends ever since you know we had we but you know it took a couple of years for us to do anything together musically other than that yeah uh, other than that tour okay interesting i mean c- can you tell us a little bit about your you know the the, the both of your work in the pretenders and working with Chrissy because you know she she's one of those artists who's still kind of to this day incredibly sort of formidable as an artist and as a as a yep. band leader and mm. just you know I, I remember watching uh, it was on not I wasn't there in person unfortunately but watching the Glastonbury highlights on the TV last year yeah. and you know there's like Dave Grohl and Johnny Marr and she still has this huge you know people just you know she's got this like mm absolutely incredible presence you know that, that remains to this day as an artist what is it like being in a band 
with her and it's a big question but yeah what's been your experience of, of kind of sharing a, a stage and sharing a studio and being in that kind of creative space with with someone like that well i mean you're always learning from her that's what i would say i mean for the, the very first time i stepped on a stage with her or even just talking with her forget music yeah, yeah. you know it's not even about music really she's a, a presence that uh, uh she's um she's like really that's like her like a, <laughs> like a for, forest gump of music like she was every, every every highlight of the most amazing music she was just there she lived through it yeah yeah whether it's it was like America. seeing seeing the stones when she was and david bowie when she was 15 or whatever and you know moving to to london when the punk scene happened and just knowing every like for us you know we uh yeah i've heard that band on spotify or I've watched something on YouTube, but, but she was there, you know, and it's, so it's, it's about how it felt and she just know that music so well. And yeah, it's just incredible to, talking to her. I mean, you do learn a lot. I learned a lot of stagecraft from her as well and, and how to sort of, you know, negotiate different sort of um, scenarios around the music business and everything she's um she's someone she's definitely single-minded in that fact about music and everything you know she's very you can learn a lot of her you know i know i had this conversation with johnny marr as well who says exactly the same thing he took a lot of his stage stuff off when he was at the pretenders for for yeah. a couple of a few it was or a few years i can't remember how long it was but so she's had an effect on a lot of people like that but definitely for us yeah you you're always sort of referring to her. You know what what would Chrissy do in this situation? You know yeah. and things, like that. and you do. She's she's been a big big influence in more ways than one. Not just musically, just in general in life. Yeah. Uh, uh, meet, meeting uh, meeting and being able to work with Chrissy for the past well for me it's like fifteen years now. Yeah. No, it must be it must be an absolutely fascinating experience uh, to be uh, always something happening. There's yeah. always something happening, whether it's good or bad. Is something happening? <laughs> you yeah, never my... know what you're going to get. You know, you never know what you're going to get when you go on stage, either. Which is always the great thing. You know, yeah. that was like, I always think all great bands are kind of that way. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I don't know, never perfect. Yeah, it's nerve wracking in the sense that you have to be ready for everything. Yeah. But at the same time, it's it's just really exciting. Like you, you don't just play what you played for a year and a half or something. It's like it changes, and it's always. She'll different. take great pleasure in in uh, throwing you a curveball and fucking it yeah. up. That loves yeah. nothing more. If I were to make a mistake, yeah, that would bring tears of laughter on you know so things like that so that's the constant thing you got to watch out for yeah. and also but you know many of the great the, the sort of you know i've been lucky to playing a lot of great bands and heroes and they all have that same quality of uh you know it could go either way it could, you've got to really be on the ball you know jerry lee pogues anything like that it's it could just go in a in a in a second and um uh i love that because and that's what we brought to this band as well you know yeah so it could it could either go really fucking terribly wrong or be you, you could by, by, by doing that and having that sort of attitude, you create something that you would never create. Hopefully it'd be great. 
Well, it's a, you know, it, it, I think you're right. You know, when when you think about the really great live bands, there's always that sense of volatility there, isn't there? And you, what way yeah. is it going to go? I, I think I remember uh, Dave Grohl saying in an interview about Nirvana, it was like it was never a seven yeah. out of ten. It was like it was either a car crash <laughs> or it was the greatest gig, you know, yeah. of, of the year kind of thing. It was never really in between. It was always like right on a knife edge as to, as to which way it could I, go. Yeah, and do you remember both those things? Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Never, it's not the mediocre. You want to see the shit gig as well? Yes. You? You'd love to see a really <laughs> bad Nirvana gig. I'd love to see that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, you, some of the footage that you can see on YouTube of some of their gigs that clearly haven't gone <laughs> according to plan are some of the most difficult. compelling things to, to, to watch, aren't they? Because these big shows now, like Beyonce, what have you, where most it's run like with computers running the lights and. So, you know, it's pretty much the same show, same tempos. It takes, you know, an hour, seven minutes and 38 seconds or something like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. In a way, it's obviously it's so big that they have to control it. But, you know, this is this is the antidote. Yes, absolutely. Well, I I, I was... I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about what your shows have been like as as, as his lordship, because uh, I understand right up until just before Christmas you've been performing a lot. What have those gigs been like for you? To, and, and how exciting has it been to actually get out there on the road and start performing these songs, you know, since first coming up with the idea for the band a few years ago? Oh, it's great. We love it. I mean, you know, <clears throat> we just... we, we it's it, his, uh, his lordship gig... You know, you you go on stage and then you play for however long we play for, just over an hour perhaps, maybe. You know, it's like a real old old school rock and roll show where we give everything in an yeah, in yeah. an hour. But um, it's fast, it's furious, and also I've never sweated that much on stage. And I can't, and none of us can remember anything about the gig afterwards. We're just sort of, yeah. you know, we've got better. When we first started doing it, we thought, I don't I know how we're going to continue doing this. Because we were just we would come off stage absolutely exhausted, you know, in in, in about. But you know, it's just like doing anything. We've got we've got fitter doing it, I think. But um, they're kind of it can go anywhere, you know. It's it's a it's a um, uh, the songs aren't the same every time, you know. We 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 fuck around with them a lot on on stage, and um, but it, it's delivered in a in a way that I think it's it's straight down your throat you know rock and roll yeah is is it a like a quite a liberating experience to be able to perform these songs with just being the three of you because you've worked you know as we mentioned at the at the beginning of the podcast some of these huge names huge artists that you've worked with where I understand it seems like it's probably quite a different thing with the pretenders because you've been there for a long time and there's a bit more of a collaborative process there but compared to maybe some of the others where it's almost like you're there in some ways to kind of serve their vision and their their art mm-hmm. How does it mm-hmm. feel to be just purely doing your own thing, just letting loose as like a, a three-piece? And like you say, it could be different every night. How, how kind of exciting is that for you to, to have that that little bit of freedom and perhaps, you know, liberation from what you might typically do? It's, That's the best. It's, it's, yeah, it's very, it's, no, sorry. Yeah, it's very freeing. I'd say like I'm never nervous with, with his lordship because it's, it's kind of my thing. <laughs> so, you know, it, I'm, I, 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 nobody can tell me off afterwards. <laughs> and it's like you, you, you set the own like it's it's our limits, isn't it? It's like where we want to go with it. 
So, so as you know, not to sound, you know, cheesy, but as an artist, you know, it's, 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 you decide where it should go. And it's just really fun. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. it's more, you know, we take it as a, always being Chris Ari into sort of our sort of free jazz. I know this sounds fucking ridiculous, but you know, we love a guy called Albert Isla, who's, who was a saxophone player back in the, in the sixties and everything. He was a, and we listened to him quite a bit. And I don't know why we drew a sort of comparison. I mean, we're nothing like, you know, obviously not in his league or anything, but I mean, the actual notion of where it can go anywhere that sort yeah. of rock and roll in a, in a free jazz way, you know, you know, it, it gets silly as well. You know, Chris will go in the audience or we'll go in the audience and, but we don't know what's going to happen and it might not happen every night, but you sort of just go where the moment <clears throat> takes you, you know, and you know, we're completely, you know, we're not drunk or anything. It's just, it's just, um, you know, <laughs> it's just, uh, we just go with it and it's, it's been, um, it's liberating. More of a mo- yeah. It's more of a moment, just a moment in time. We're trying to make it like, this is what's happening right now. Yeah. Instead of a sales pitch or something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just, so yeah, just trying to make that night happen. Yeah. I mean, Wait. what we were trying to do when we first sort of got together, we were thinking, what can we sort of say about, what can we say? You know? And we thought of a good t-shirt would be his Lordship. If you don't like it, you can fuck off. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I mean? And that's the sort of attitude we've taken. I mean, the whole point of it was like, well, we're just going to do it for ourselves. And, you know, ever since we started doing that and not thinking about, oh, well, they might not like that, they might not like this, it doesn't really matter. Because, yeah. you know, as soon as you start just doing it for yourself and do it, then, then I figure people just like it. Yeah. You know, you're not trying to make yeah. anyone happy, just yourselves. And that's the mantra of it, really. Yeah. Fantastic. I mean, I, I wanted to ask you as, uh, as well, if there were, you've, you've spoken a little bit about, you know, learning things like, you know, stagecraft, things like that from your work in The Pretenders. Between you with, with the, the, the various other artists and acts that you've worked with, have there been any big either learning curves you've experienced, pieces of advice you've been given, or not necessarily being told, but picked up along the way? Is there anything from the experiences you've had working with other artists that have informed the stuff that you do together on, on, on your own. I just wondered if there, there have been any things that you can, you can kind of point to or that immediately leap out that have, you know, been, I mean, as, yeah. I, as I sort of mentioned before, for me personally, there's, there's, there's a, a, something running through all the artists, you know, like from Jerry Lee Lewis to just have to be on your toes. And I've just, you know, I learned that at an early age, even, even playing in pubs at an early age, you know, you've got, you've just got to be on your toes and listen and, uh, you know, react to things whenever, you know, if you, all the time, you know, but nothing in particular from, from one person, really. I mean, I I can't, uh, no sage advice from, you know, one particular person. Have you, Chris? Um, the only only thing that comes to mind is like I played with this she's from Mallorca she's like a flamenco artist she's called Concha Puica she's an amazing singer and I don't know why I was playing with her because I can't play flamenco and I, I think she was trying to I don't know why I was doing I was only doing it for a short while but but she used to play drums and she, she said to me a drummer is a guy who likes to have fun with his friend like yeah. somebody who just likes to have fun with his friends. That's a drummer. 
Yeah, that's always, true. That's always quite a, <laughs> it's a very down to earth. So that was one. Yeah, you know that's good. Well, I, I know that now. I rarely so have I fun with James, but. No, we, we don't have much fun. I find it quite annoying, but I mean, you know, there you go. <laughs> if you'd say so. <laughs> so, um, obviously, the, the album's coming out on the 26th of uh, January. Uh, do you have any plans for, for more shows uh, over the coming weeks and months? Uh, do you have any other plans with any of the other artists that you're uh, involved with uh, coming up this you know, first half of the year. What what's the the diary looking like at the moment? It's it's packed already up for in the next couple from the like next week. But we've got a bunch of shows with his lordship. We got Rough Trade East, Rough Trade Nottingham, Rough Trade Bristol, and Banquet Records, and a couple of other records. We're doing a bunch of in stores basically. Okay, with the bands wrote the record. Um, I don't know if you I can put them up. Uh, it's the 25th and goes on to the 1st of of uh, February. So 25th of January to 1st of February, we're playing uh, installs promoting the album. And that, yeah, so, and then we, we have a bunch of rehearsals and we, we've got a Pretenders tour and that happens in February, I think, and then February and March, March. March in Europe. And then we come back uh, yeah and i think we were and then his lordship are going to go on a, a full tour in may and they're, they're just booking that now so that'd be you know but so it's the, it's the in stores really we wanted to do in stores to support the record shops and um get out there you know we always wanted to yeah. do that so we are yeah amazing well james and chris thank you both so much for taking the time to have a, a chat with us and um i've i've really been loving listening to the record it's, it's fantastic and um yeah really enjoyed chatting to you both as well and i uh, wish you all the best with the tour and with the album and um yeah hopefully i'll catch you at one of the uh one of the dates in the uk when you when you're out touring it brilliant thank you dan thank you dan thank you headliner radio supporting the creative community